Welcome to Express Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are a ministry of Arizona Message Ministry, the message to the number two dot US. We are supported financially by HaribouBooks.com. Make sure you go on there, buy some of the books that are there, donate them to your school, donate them to your church, donate them to your library so we can get the message of hope and the message of encouragement out. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in. This message for the today on Sunday was personal pandemic, and we're going through a pandemic in our society medically, but there are also personal pandemics and people that have gone through very difficult times. And I, mine, I gave my personal testimony today in the sermon, but I, there's two other people who, Sharon Freeman and my mom, who both went through personal pandemics. And so, Sharon, if you can uh, lead us off with personal pandemic that you had and just a little bit about uh, how you walk through that. Well, first of all, um, thank you, uh, Stephen, for having us on the podcast. And um, in regards to personal pandemics, I'll walk through pandemic of losing a child and um actually uh you can't get it you can't get through it without uh, without prayer and you can't get through it without family and you can't get through it without friends and you can't get through it without this is for me you can't get through it without saying that it is a pandemic um so that's pretty much uh, five, the five years of, of that particular journey um, in my pandemic. So those are the things that um, helped me get through it actually on a daily basis. So, and not in any particular order because praying daily, you're around family daily, you know, you touch base with friends daily. Um, but it's something that a personal pandemic that you can't get through it by yourself. And, and mom, what do you, what's your thought on it? And a little bit about a personal pandemic that you have, and you've been living through it for over 30 years. <laughs> yes, Stephen. And again, I'm glad to see my daughter on there and my son and being invited for, with both of you two. And mine was, um, my son was, 31 years old when he became the victim of an unsolved homicide. He was shot. Nobody knows who did. Nobody. He would now be 60. He would, will be six, would have been 66 years old next month. And he was 31 when it happened. And still, it is still unsolved. At least that's what I have been told. And, and how does it, how is it uh, during your walk through the pandemic to have it solved or not solved? Well, the thing that got me first off is, you know, you really, you miss them all the time. And I think, I looked, I looked, the thing that kind of turned me around was I would go out to the cemetery where he was buried and I would just sit there and look and just be very unhappy. And I tell everybody I was out there one day and... It was starting to sprinkle on me. And I looked and I, the sky was blue and white. The clouds were up there. 
but there was one dark cloud directly over me. And that's where the water was coming from. And I looked at Mitchell's gravesite and I said, Mitchell, you must not want me to be here. And I said, I am leaving. I said, that's where you want me to leave. You're telling me you're okay. I will leave. And I walked out of there and I walked out. And as I walked away from there, it wasn't raining on me anymore. Okay. And I, that was a sign from him telling me I'm okay. And I feel that when you lose somebody, if you're open to it, they're going to give you a sign. Some type of sign is going to come from them that's going to help you out in what you're going through. And and I was in my personal pandemic that I was talking about. I got that same a similar sign when and, and to this day it still amazes me that that room lit up. And I was like, wow, this room is lighting up, and just felt God saying. I got everything under control and don't worry about it. And I think that 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 is one step that really helped me turn the corner, even though, you know, there's still struggles that everybody has every day. But just remembering that point and sharing is there. So mom had had a defining moment, if I can call it that way. And I had one. Did you have any defining moment where you said, "Okay, now now I'm ready to turn that corner? Um, there wasn't necessarily, you know, there's always signs, but there's not necessarily a corner. It's uh, an everyday journey for me. Um, it just depends on um, walking through the journey. And, um, you know, there was never necessarily a defining moment, but there's always journey and signs that I can smile to say, that I will be okay and that everything will be okay. Um, butterflies are symbolism, um, doves, eagles, um, you know, but just, uh, just every day, as I tell people, you, you have to find your joy. And so that is really being centered around finding joy and joy, finding it um, daily. So you wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to find my joy. And uh, that's why I tell people you, you need to know what is uh, joyous in your life and you have to find it and make sure that that it happens on a regular basis, daily, actually. I never thought that it would be so hard to find joy, but um, actually it's kind of fun to... Uh, to um, to find it, to find different things in life that, that you find joyous. So you know, the green trees, the palm trees, the just, you know, different things that God has put on this earth that you find joy in. So in your personal pandemic, it sounds like you were able to get, a, a, if it will, a better appreciation of the blessings that God gives every day. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. at, at, at what point do you think it, it went from dark to light where you were able to see the blessings? And and the other question is how, Sharon, how, or actually I'm going to ask mom. I'm going to go back to mom since she's been doing it for 30 years. At What mom helped you go from the darkness to joy? Well, part of it was, and you know, Sharon had mentioned you need family and friends. And I think what happened with me was that I could see 
I had five children at one time. Now I have four. And those four were all concerned about me and about how I was feeling. And they had their own lives to live. And I felt I had to be okay for them so that they could go on with their lives. And I know that they were all very concerned about me. And they still are. And that that doesn't leave you. But I knew they had to go on with their lives. And so I had to go on with mine, too. And I could see joy in what they're doing. I can see joy now in their accomplishments that they've accomplished in those 30 years. So mine is kind of an everyday joy that I see that my kids are happy. And so what would you tell somebody, Mom, that, that was that's gone through or in that situation that you had? And in yours, you've lost both parents, your husband, a child, grandchild. Uh, those those are continued pandemics for you. What do you tell somebody that is going through it? or Because everybody's going to go through it at some point. So what's the advice that you would give somebody? Well, you know, life's going to go on, you know, and it's not going to, it doesn't stop because of anything. I think about how Sharon called me at four in the morning and she's asked me, when does the hurt go away? And my answer to her was never. That hurt will never go away. It's there. His birthday is next month. I think about that. I think about when he died, the day he died. Those all come back. But life goes on. And I think about why am I still here? And I keep thinking God had something he wanted me to do on earth. And whatever it was that he wanted me to do on earth has not happened because I'm still here. I'm still. There you go. Sharon, you, you were nodding your head and, and like you joining in on mom and agreeing with her. What, what was your nods for? The nods were is that that is true. Life just continues. And um, God has put you on this earth to do something and be a part of something. And if you don't uh, fulfill that, then um, then you are not fulfilling uh, what God uh, wants you to do. And he did not put you on this earth to be uh, to be sad. That has always gone through my um my head. It's like God did not put me on this earth to be sad. God has put me on this earth for something. And one of the things that um, that I have found through this is that um, one of the, and I truly believe this, one of the reasons that he put me on this earth is to pray for women who have had uh, difficulty in um, getting pregnant. So um, I tell the story, uh, I was not even a year after I had lost Melvin, and uh, in my church, the uh, pastor's wife came up to me and said, this woman needs prayer, Um, she's having difficulty getting pregnant. And I said, well, I can't pray for somebody, I just lost my son. And she said, God is telling me, well, anyway, to make a long story short, I ended up praying for her, and now she's, she, it, it took her five years to um, get pregnant, and uh, now she has two healthy babies. And that continues to be a blessing uh, for me as I continue to, to do that prayer for people. And even in my walk this morning, uh, one of my friends from Florida, his daughter's having difficulty 
and um, uh, conceiving. And I totally, my prayer, I, I told her, I said, my prayer, it has happened at least five, six times where women are having difficulty conceiving and the prayer uh, is um, to, for, for that to happen. And so I have um, kept my eyes open for things that God has put me on this earth to do. Keeping your, so. keeping your eyes open. You know, and, and I, the song says, I, I got, I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus. And that, that's, a, that's a very interesting thing because when you take your eye off God, that's when you can really slip down. Uh, you know, I can't believe that I, would, I just took my eyes off of him. And it doesn't take long to, you know, it's almost like you're, you're in the wild and you have wild beasts around you. And you got to always watch them to make sure that they're not going to pounce on you. And the Bible says the devil is prowling, waiting to pounce. And um, he was, for me, and still does, waits for me to, to, to waits to pounce. And I like how John, my, my bishop, said, the pandemic is a feeling, the remedy is action. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that in my mind because... When, you, when I'm not acting, when I'm not giving, when I'm not giving thanks, I'm not focusing on God's will, that's when the devil says, take your eye off of God, and then that's when the, the sadness and depression and everything starts popping back in my life. And I don't know if either one of you have had a situation where, I get maybe the pandemic took your eye off of God, but since you have turned the corner to see the light and see the joy, has there been any times where you can remember where you took your eye off the joy and, and it hit you bad again? Mom, how about you first? Well, I was just thinking about that. And I have, you know, I look at just the world as it is and what's happening and, and the homeless and the people that are, you know, all these unhappiness that are happening so many people. And there's a saying, and I don't know where I got it from, but I look at this and I think, there, but for the grace of God, go up. And I feel that I'm I'm fortunate. I'm very fortunate not to be in the same situation that others are in. And uh, it's just that that's where it comes in. And I look at people that are really struggling with all this. And I could be. I look at the people now that they, they they're in in this pandemic where it is and they can't see their loved ones that are in those nursing homes. And I have been in some of those senior centers. I have played bridge with some of the seniors. I see a lot of them. I just got a call yesterday that one of the people that I played bridge with her husband is dying and she can't go to see him. And what do you and say? She- what do you say to somebody like that? Who, um, and John's the same way. The bishop, he, he, his wife's been in the hospital for over a month, and he hasn't seen her. He said that's the longest. He, and he's 63, and, he, and they met, I think, when he was like 14 or 15. And he said that's the longest time since he was a teenager that he's, not been, that he's been away from his wife. So how do you say something? And you probably, the people you're talking to probably were, have even longer than that. Yeah, a lot of them have. But, you know, I think about my neighbor who was given a child who was handicapped at birth, and he said, I don't know why I was given this child, but there was a reason for it. And I may never know that reason, but there's a reason for it. 
And I think we have to just trust God that he knows He knows what's going on. He knows what he's doing to us. And we have to trust it, that there's a reason for it. And we never, may never know what it is. Yeah, that kind of reminded me of, of uh, a saying, too, that there's a reason for every season. And, you know, it, it's when you're in that valley, it's very difficult. And, and even for, like, Brittany, who rose up, to the top of her career, and then within, I would say, less than a month, she was knocked off and, and put in the valley. And you wonder why it is that God does things like that. And people say, why why does God do it? I'm like, God, first of all, God doesn't do it. So, you know, we're, we're required to bring love. We're required to move hate out of the way. If we bring, it doesn't happen in heaven. And God's, our prayer was supposed to be what Jesus taught us how to pray was your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so the question that we have, and I, and I go to the, my series that I talk about the eighth church, people of God are the eighth church, and we are supposed to be bringing the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, we don't have the hate that we have here. We don't have the fear that we have here. We don't have the sorrow that we have here. We don't have the depression that we have here. And so we have to be looking at how it is that and what is our role in bringing kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven? And that's why I like when when the, when Bishop John said, the remedy is action. The remedy is action. And so if if we're in our pandemics and we can give a testimony and, and John kept saying, you got to give that testimony. I'm like, I can't give that testimony. You got to give the testimony. So, and I'm hoping that somebody sees it or reads it or hears about it and it might who knows it might have saved somebody else's life that was on the bur- on the brink Sharon your thoughts yes I've, I've just been nodding <laughs> through all of that because um, I also somebody was telling me that it, it actually things happen on this earth as you said for people who are strong and so um, you know uh, it, it I sometimes talk to God and say, yeah, I've, I'm, I've been known for being strong, but there are some things that, you know, that uh, sometimes I, not that I'm ever supposed to question him, but I'm like, really? Really? That's what I always say. That's my new one, like my grandkids would say, really? But, um, but I always know that um, through the pandemic that, you know, he, ha- he doesn't leave you. That's when you have to get closer to God. Like I said, that's how you get through it. Um, you can't get through it by yourself. You can't, you know, you can't wish it away. You've got to really stay closer to God and 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 hear His uh, and hear what He wants you to do because you're on this earth for for a purpose. You really are. And so, through my pandemic, I, I've uh, you know I've looked at my purpose and your purpose is connected to your joy. So when, when, you know, I get calls to say, Oh, I'm pregnant or, Oh, she's pregnant. Does that not bring me joy? Yes. You know, coaching and helping people, you know, did I know that was going to bring me joy? I just did it. But to really key into the things that bring you joy and your joy and your purpose are together. Joy equals purpose, and purpose equals joy. And that's what I have found through 
through my pandemic. I, I want you, you know, like I said, that, that pandemic is the feeling, action is the remedy. And just in case somebody missed that, I, that's a good statement. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to say it like you said it, and, and correct me, joy comes from fulfilling your purpose, and you have to know your purpose in order to get joy. That's exactly how it's said. And, and go ahead, Ma. Oh, I was going to say, I think one of the things that Dennis mentioned to me, and I had to rethink about a lot of things, he said we're always looking at what it brings to us, but it also affects those around us. Maybe what's happening is happening so that somebody else around us would get that joy. And, you know, everybody's thinking me, me, but we still have to look around us and we have to look that maybe when they see us happy with our pandemic and we're we've we've found our own solution that may help somebody else find their solution because of us. And and Look at those around you. And you don't know how when somebody when you run into somebody, you just by how you're talking to them, you have no idea what they're personally going through. Correct. So, so being able to keep that in mind, because I I was which didn't get into the message because it, it went a little bit longer than I thought it was with the testimony, but I was think saying how many people would have looked at me during that time and said would have not realized how close on the brink I was. And then now, so now what I do is I look at people and I'm like, I don't know what you're feeling, but I want to make sure that at least I'm giving you some joy. That's right. And so if, and that's again, that kingdom come is will be done. So I think that the, I think the, the, what I'm hearing from everybody on this call that have gone through some serious personal pandemics is that the, the, Remedy is action, but that action is to seek joy. It's to seek joy for yourself and to bring joy for others. Absolutely. Because that's what we're, that's what we're on this earth to do. We're not on this earth for, for hatred. We're on this earth for love. And bringing others joy and our own joy. First of all, God didn't put us here to not be joyous. And so our job, like was said, Stephen, like you said, is for to to bring love. You know, God is love. And so how do we walk around this earth and not bring love and joy to others? And in that, at least for me, man, that is my joy. That is my inner joy is bringing joy um, to others. It really, truly is. And so, you know what? Through my pandemic, I didn't, I don't know if I would have known that. Um, I don't know that things that bring me joy, um, I don't know if I would have been so in tuned with what my purpose was and then also what my joy, which equals my joy. So that's what I would tell somebody is through, hopefully even just through this pandemic of COVID that people are finding, you know, joy with their family, spending more time outside, you know, this is some people's worst things that ever happened to them as a year of of uh, COVID-19 pandemic. But hopefully when you get through it, that you re- reflected on some of the things that bring you joy. And I think that the problem with going through the a pandemic is, and what I, I like how mom put it, was you 
everybody's looking at themselves. And I think what I'm seeing in this pandemic is people are looking at themselves, the hurt that they're having. And I think that that's why we've seen in our firm a, a rise in, in child, calls regarding child abuse, which is really sad that the, the people less responsible for your personal position is your, your own children. And that should be the, the group that brings you the greatest joy and your spouse and the and the people that are near you and love you and it's really it's heartbreaking to me to see people not look at their family and not look at their spouses and not looking at their friends and really embracing them uh which is why i and again i told uh my buddy deval his wife is like how did i get the call for thanksgiving eight o'clock on the day before and it was just I was working on this message today and I was like, wait, how can I have Thanksgiving without having my best friend from 1979 be present? And so I text them and said, you got to come over. And we just we just had a good time yesterday uh, having Thanksgiving in August. And I think that that should, Thanksgiving dinner should not only be once a year. It should be every day when you break bread. Uh, you should be ready to, to have Thanksgiving. Mom, what's your thought on that? Well, I, I agree with that. And I was thinking about, well, actually, I was thinking about your friend who makes excellent chili and wondered if she left any for me. But uh, uh, I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about how, um, was it two weeks ago when Dennis came up here and all of a sudden we had a we had a cookout. We hadn't planned on that. But it turned out really nice and it, everybody was happy. And it was really a nice, these things happen. And they happen because everybody is trying, is trying to find, as Sharon said, the joy. And the joy can be in the little things. It can be a little thing. It can be, you know, just, it doesn't have to be a, a huge thing, but it, just thinking about somebody else and what makes them happy and trying to help them out. And I think Sharon knows that I've got this friend that had a mastectomy and she's 75 years old. And she comes from a large family, and she's got a sister that's dying uh, as Alzheimer's, and she's dying with that. And she can't go and see her because of her thing. And she has nobody around, and she wanted to go out to eat somewhere, and I'm not going into restaurants. So I suggested that she pick up some food and come out, and we sat in our driveway, and we had a chance to do that. And it made her happy. And she needs happiness all the way. And by the way, she fell. She woke up, and she's in on radiation now five days a week until October. And uh, she fell, and when she got up, she said she had no feeling in her legs, and she just fell. And she didn't break anything, but there she is by herself. So, well, that, oh, that that's a statement, Mom. That I want to make sure that everybody in the audience understands that and that's why we actually started the express church experience and i'm really glad that jeff is pushing that every every week to make sure that people understand you're you could be alone physically but you are never alone and that's what what the bishop said with when he's going through it he's like i'm i've been away from my wife for longer than i ever have but i'm still not away from god God is still there with me. He will never leave me or forsake me, even to the end of time. And so, when you're when you're in there, your own quiet uh, 
place where you're really at your lowest point, that's when we remember, man, I am all alone. No, you're never alone. You're never alone because God is there. You're never alone because your family's there. And you're never alone because your friends are there. And actually, I don't. I believe you're never alone because your memories are there. Even for those people who have, have passed on, the memories of what we've had with those people bring keep us alive with them and keep them alive with us. And, we, and through it all, we can remember that we're not alone. At the same time, we have to be in a position where folks know I'm just a call away. And I think that's a, that was another one of the songs of, uh, uh, of R&B time. I'm just a call away. And or, or other one was call me. And that's where I think we have to be. We have to be as a as a people of God. We have to be in a situation where people know our home is open. Our our phones are open like Sharon calling her mom at four o'clock in the morning. We need you know, I, I don't necessarily want to be wake, waking up at four o'clock in the morning. But if it's going to bring somebody else joy, if it's going to bring somebody else through their personal pandemic, if somebody tells me that they're on the brink of suicide and want to call me at three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning, I'm going to answer the phone and, and be able to try to walk them through it so that they don't get in a situation and then have their parents having to have to bury them. That's the worst thing that somebody can do when really life is about joy. Life's about what you can do and what you can bring to people. And each person's life is so powerful and so essential to God's purpose. And it is it is this the evil that is trying to take us away from that. And I think that no matter what is going on, if we embrace ourselves and embrace the unity that can come from uh, having a common love and a common joy, then that's gonna that's gonna take us all the way through the pandemic. We might lose like Job lost everything. He lost his all his wealth. Lost even family members. But then he said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And and John's like, I said, oh, man, John, I can't believe I wrote that. I wrote that in a book. He's like, I know you write that in a book. He's like, you need to preach it. And I went back and got the book. I haven't looked at the book in years. And remembering that it's impossible to have loss without first having blessings. And that that that's one thing that I want to make sure that anybody who's listening in on this, you cannot have loss if you've never had a blessing. And the greater your blessing, the greater your loss that you have means that the greater the blessing that you previously received. And so when 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 loss comes, it's the we should be focusing our energy and our attention not on the loss, but on thanking God for the blessing he gave us to get to that point on having a loss and and faith, knowing that we're going to have blessings in the future and the ultimate blessing when we're, we're all sitting together around his table with all the people that went in front of us and all the people that are with us. We have just a couple of minutes. I'm going to start with mom. What's your, what was your close, what would be your closing thought, your closing statement if somebody came to you and said, I'm going through a personal pandemic. Can you help me? I think um, I think Stephen, like you were talking about, we got to count our blessings. 
And like somebody said, it's like putting money in the bank and you're saving those blessings up. And when you need them, you can pull that money out of the bank. There you go. Sharon, your, your, your closing comments. If somebody called me and said they're going through their personal pandemic, I would probably say to them that you are not going through this alone, that, uh, that God is with you. And I also would uh, reach out to say that there really is light at the end of the tunnel because God is love. And so that you, as long as you keep your focus on um, God and um, know your purpose, that joy, as they say, will come in the, in the morning. That's right. Uh, let's see. And that's where we, that's where we are. And I'm hoping that people listen to this. I'm hoping that people share this. You know, it's not, it's not a very easy topic to talk about as we, we have, to, because you have to think about that hurt and that pain. But at the same time, I'm hoping that people share this because loss is happening, but we're, you're talking to three people who have gone through very serious situations, different circumstances, but really deep pain. And each one of us talking about not the pain, but the joy that God gave us in it and the joy that God gave us from it and the joy that God gives with everybody around. So I want to thank both of you for for opening up and sharing your personal pandemics. And let's all try to bring joy and his kingdom come and his will be done. Stay healthy, stay safe. And thank you for coming on. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Thank you to all our guests. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stephen Zachary Minister Gilbert, the Arizona Message Ministry on Facebook, and feel free to send me an email to themessage2.us or to my private website, stephenzachary.com. Thank you to Haribo Books for supporting us. That's haribobooks.com. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks.